you're listening to Coffee Talk with Father Brad. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For thus it has been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word, that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them, until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes we need a spiritual Copernican revolution in our lives. All of us do at some point. You know what the Copernican revolution was? It's when Copernicus was the first major person to publish, to put forward the idea that the earth wasn't the center of the solar system. Before that, it was the majority of people thought the earth was the center. Everything went around it, like the sun went around it, all the other planets. The stars are just around us. And the Copernicus was like, wait a second. And he did his science thing. I don't know how to do that. But he did his science thing. And he looked in his telescopes. And he's like, wait, the earth isn't the center of this thing. The sun is heliocentrism. Sometimes, though, that's the physical scientific Copernican revolution. We need a Copernican revolution, spiritual Copernican revolution. We need to realize that we're not the center of this solar system, of the universe. We're not the most important ones. I realized this uh, when I went and visited my parents for Christmas or before Christmas. Now, who of y'all went shopping in Baton Rouge? Raise your hand. Most of y'all didn't, or you're just not raising your hands, and that's okay. But if you didn't, you're probably lucky. <laughs> and I would, man, you, you get to that exit, that blue bonnet exit going to the mall, 
And I remember thinking, what are all these people doing out here on the road? And then I thought to myself, I'm on the road. What the? What? You see, I, I needed a Copernican revolution. No one else can be on the road. The, the reason traffic is bad is because all these other suckers out there. Oh, no, you're, we're part of it, right? Do you see what I'm talking about? We want to make ourselves king. We want to make ourselves God. Everything else revolves around us. It's been that way from the beginning. We want to be God. Adam and Eve. I want to choose what's good and evil. I want to eat the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Ultimately saying, the scholars say that that means they wanted to choose what is good and evil. The Tower of Babel. I want to build up a tower. I want to become up with God. I want to be a God. You know, in the time of Jesus, there were all the Caesars, all the leaders of the different solution. uh, I don't know. What's the nation called? Seleucid nation. And the Caesars themselves in Rome. they, they, They were God. They said, I'm God. I'm a divine king. In fact... Antiochus Epiphanes is mentioned in scripture. Epiphanes meaning a vision of God. That's where we get epiphany from. Right? The Magi come to Jesus and they see God. Well, all these other rulers at the time were saying, I am God. So it's been a part of our experience. The most uh, immediate example right now that we just heard is Herod, who was afraid of losing his authority, afraid of losing his unripe, his unrighteous kingship. He wasn't the king of the Jews. He was a puppet king put up by the Caesar, right? By Rome. He wasn't even of the line of Judah in which the king has to come from, the line of David. He wasn't even fully Jewish, Herod. And he was afraid of losing his kingship because it wasn't his. He was an Edomite. So that makes sense of why he's scared to lose his kingship because of all the prophecies. He killed his wife. He killed multiple of his sons because he was so terrified. He grasped that power so much that he's willing to kill in order to keep it. While we don't go to that extreme, us personally, physically, and we're probably not killing people to keep our power, hopefully. But we do like cut them down, right? Herod read scripture. Here's a prophecy from Balaam in the Old Testament. Prophecy of Balaam. I see him, though not now. I observe him, though not near. Basically, something's coming. It's not right now, though. It's prophecy. It's for the future. A star shall advance from Jacob. A scepter shall rise from Israel. That will crush the brows of Moab and the skull of the Sethites. And here's important. Edom will be dispossessed. Edom. The Edomites. Herod is an Edomite. He's reasoning. He's not not overreacting. He knows his kingship will end. Because he'll be a new king. But he's willing to kill for it. See, we want to make ourselves kings. We want to make ourselves God. We grasp control of our own life. 
We make ourselves our own epiphanies, if you will, our own visions of God, divine rulers over our lives, what they will be. And God sends us countless opportunities to realize we are not the kings and queens of our life. We are not God. Here's a couple of them. These are cool. Here we go. So there's, there's things in my life as a priest, you know, the bishop tells me what to do, tells me what not to do, tells me where to go. I'm not the king of my own life. Father Matthew tells me that. He's the pastor. It's like being in the military. Tell me where to go. I'll go. That's a cool thing. But for y'all, for the majority of y'all who have been married and had kids, children is a good gift from God to show us that we are not in charge of our own life. Children. I just visited some friends of mine, Brad and Emily. Beautiful couple, five years married. Uh, They have two children out of the womb, one in the womb. So Pierre and Eulalie are are the two children who were born. And they have a a little baby girl that I know the name of, but I'm not telling you because they told me and I don't want you to go tell their parents. Okay. And listen, they told me what it was like when they had their first child. Some of y'all probably understand what they're talking about. All of a sudden, I mean, it was all about them. They were really holy and they cared. They prayed and stuff. But, you know, they went on their honeymoon. It's in Europe for like a month. He's a doctor. So he's like going to Europe a month. They're like backpacking. They're like, woo, honeymoon. It's all about us. And they had a honeymoon baby. (laughs) And then it was not all about them. Pierre decides when they wake up. Yuli decides when she wants a clean diaper. Children make us do crazy things and make us spend a lot of money. Well, that's okay. It's a good thing because we're not in charge. We're not God. We're not the king. Somebody else is important. Why do we find ourselves sleeping on street corners waiting for Toys R Us to open? For our children. Actually, Toys R Us, rest in peace. Sorry. But you know what I'm saying? Like, whatever, the game stopped. Like, because we're not in charge and there's someone else who's more important, that's okay. It helps us. Here's another uh, way that God gives us to realize, for us to realize that we're not the most important ones. Everything doesn't revolve around us. We're supposed to revolve around God and those who we love. People ask me why it's important to always go to Sunday Mass, Holy Days of Obligation. Not even to miss one. Are you telling me, Father Brad, I can't even miss one? Come on, I give them all. I tithe. I give them everything. I go sometimes during the middle of the week. I can't miss one. Nope. Because it's not about you. You're not, you're not the most important person. God gives us the opportunity, an obligation You know, my friend, Father Josh posted, he did an Instagram post or something or Facebook post the other day. And he said, we have our holy day of opportunity coming up at at Holy Rosary. I used to say that. I don't anymore because guess what? It is an opportunity. But you know what it is? An obligation. I don't care how you think about it. I don't care how you feel about it. It's an obligation, just like a lot of obligations in life. With love comes responsibility. And everyone thinks love means feelings. It means emotion. No, love means commitment. Love means obligation. A beautiful obligation. But we are obliged to go. 
we worship God. But sec- a second reason why he asks us to go is so we can humble ourselves and realize we're not in charge of our life. Even though we think we are. Nope. We go to Mass. And I'm preaching to the choir. Y'all are here. I get you. The third way, and this is cool. Here in Epiphany, we're going to do a, a tradition later at the end of Mass. I'm going to chant the movable feasts. Those are the feasts that move each year based on the solar and the lunar calendar in relationship to each other. So think of Easter is not on the same day every year. And therefore, Ash Wednesday is not on the same day. Therefore, Mardi Gras is not on the same day. Therefore, Corpus Christi comes after Easter. You get what I'm saying? There's all these feasts dependent on this one movable feast of Easter. And back in the day, they didn't have calendars. They didn't have Google. You couldn't Siri like, hey, Siri, when's Easter this year? Easter is on April I have a weird voice for Siri on my phone, but you couldn't do that. So the priest had to chant or read when Easter was going to be. And you'd write it down. You know, we, our whole world, our whole year is based on Christ, revolves around Christ, not just the Christian world. All these businesses, our entire government, because of Easter and its movability, We change when people get off, when people go on vacation, what we sell, how much candy we sell. It's all based, ultimately, even if it's commercialized, on Jesus. The entire history of the world now, we looked forward to Christ and counted down to his coming. And now we look back. B.C., before Christ. A.D., Anno Domini. Doesn't mean after death. It means the year of our Lord. 2019, we look back to Jesus. See, he is the center and everything revolves around him. I end with this. Everyone wants to be important and in charge. We want to be kings. Even though earlier I said we're not the king. In reality, we are made kings. But only when we bow down before Jesus, like the Magi, It's the Magi, it's the word that's used in scripture. It means wise one, or it's where we get magician from. And never called in the gospels the Magi kings. So where does that come from? The psalm today in the Old Testament. The kings of Tarshish and the isles shall offer gifts. The kings of Arabia and Seba shall bring tribute. All kings shall pay him homage. All nations shall serve him. They are unlike Herod or Antiochus or even those who built the Tower of Babel. See, those people, they held the mystery in their hands and they grasped for more and lost everything. The Magi and hopefully us ourselves here lay down and lose everything, prostrate our entire life and give up everything. When we get up, we rise as kings.